I'm Sam Hickson. I'm a videographer at WTOV9, and this is Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is Sam Hickson, uh, videographer for WTOV9 in Steubenville. Sam, thank you for taking some time. Yeah, it's an honor to be here, man. I've, I've heard of great things about the show. I've seen a couple of the interviews. I know some of them. So it's a, it's a pleasure to be on. Well, and you, you have a story that jumped out at me right away just from looking at your Twitter bio. Uh, you got to tell me how a guy in 2016 from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Manheim Township, to be exact, finds his way to Greene County, or Greene County Pennsylvania and Waynesburg University. Yeah, went four hours away from home. Uh, right to the corner of Pennsylvania. And I found myself there. I heard about Waynesburg through my dad. My dad's a 1988 graduate of Waynesburg. And uh, he was in the communications program, much like myself. And uh, he said they had a good program and they had the great Lanny Frateri there. And that is such a big chip to, to get someone to come to Waynesburg. And uh, I'm, I can never forget my first time ever being there. And and hearing Lanny's voice echo throughout that hallway up on 416 in Buell. And it was, it was something else. And you, you knew this guy was passionate about what he did and he's passionate about changing lives and doing that through, through broadcasting. And, and he was great at his job and he's a great mentor, a great teacher and a great friend. So uh, Lanny's really been there. And uh, yeah, that's how I found my way there. My, my dad being from there and, uh, it, it was a really attractive communications program. I built some relationships at Waynesburg that are lifetime. I met my girlfriend at Waynesburg. Uh, I developed some, just some brotherhoods there and it was really something special. And I knew it was something special as soon as I got there, just because of the friends I made and the interest they had and everybody pursuing something, a common goal. So, and that's just wanting to be communicators and be in the business. And we all had a passion for sports and, that's something that, that Waynesburg gave me. So now you, so you came in, you you said your dad was involved in the communications department in the eighties, you come in and that was always the goal. You wanted to be um, in some for, form of communications. Was there ever any doubt or is this where you've the track you've wanted to be on? Well, I think communications really and everything, just in some aspects, it's a bigger focus. Uh, what I wanted to do before was uh, just, I wanted to teach actually, uh, and then I, I got into a couple places for a teaching degree, mm -hmm. but then I really thought about it. And I said, what's something you really enjoy? And that's talking about sports. I knew I wasn't going to take my baseball career much further than I had already at the high school level. So uh, I pursued it and I went after it. And I thought that play-by-play -play announcing was something that really, really interests me. And I still, I'm grateful to still be able to do it from time to time today. So uh, it's, yeah, it's something that I just caught the bug for uh, kind of late. Um, maybe, I don't know, my junior year, late in my junior year, I caught a bug for it. Mm -hmm. Then I went to uh, sports broadcasting camp hosted by Lanny Terry. I saw all these great speakers that I really enjoyed. Um, I just got, got to learn about what play-by-play -play and what announcing and stuff like that's about. And then whenever I got to take it on and actually put on the headset, I fell in love with it. So uh, it changed me for the better. Waynesburg has given me some opportunities that I'm just eternally grateful for. So, well, so let's dive into that. So you go to broadcasting camp before you end up as a student there 
And then your that your goal is now to be a play-by-play guy. And you're doing that under the tutelage of a guy who did it for the better half of three, uh, three decades, basically. Right. Almost. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, 30, 33 years, I believe 33 um, or 34 uh, for Lanny learning from that guy. What's the first, so you do your first game. And mm-hmm. I know from prior guests that Lanny has a meeting where he brings you in, he plays the inner. And as soon as he hits pause, you know, you know where, and he wants to know if you heard it. Can you walk us through that first meeting with, 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 <laughs> that's what you want to do, right? So yeah. this is the oh, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I can tell you the game. Uh, it was, a uh, oh, it was a West Green basketball game. Uh, it was, it was a West Green girls basketball game. Uh, me and my good friend, Zach Snake, who I actually announced with still, uh, for the Mountain East Conference, uh, we, we announced for Wheeling University together. We do basketball. And that, they, he, me and him did the game together. And I remember going in and being so nervous because I knew, I knew Lanny's tough. But you want someone like that to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the term great is thrown around very loosely, uh, in my opinion. But Lanny is truly great. So to take his criticism in stride and learn from those, the mistakes you make in your first broadcast – It'll really go a long way. Uh, he is a man that has great stuff to say. He has his stuff he's picky about uh, that maybe some other people would say, hey, that's fine. But uh, he is definitely the person you want to you wanna base, like you're, you're announcing off of. You, you want to like take what he tells you in stride. And I remember going in there and, and just being t- almost terrified. Like I'm 18 years old. I'm fresh in college. You know, it's, like one of my first semesters and it's scary going in that, going into that room, but mm-hmm. he always has good to give you with the bad. Uh, it's not even bad. It's sometimes it's just, Hey, you can say this differently, phrase this a different way. Uh, it's always w- one big thing with Lanny is following in your order, prioritizing what's really important for the listener to hear. And I think that's what sets him apart. He's developed that, that order and that list and, he continues to go through it again and again. He's good about his score and time. He's good about all that stuff. And he encourages his students to follow those mechanics because that makes you mechanically sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, the, good, the bad comes with the good. I remember him, him, uh, him being very fair with how he, how he grades his people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to have, like, eventually you get to the point where I think, like, you become an A announcer. But maybe you start out at, like, a high C or a low B. That's where I started. I started out at a low B. I got an 81, my first one. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's just taking what he says in stride and not getting too upset about it. Cause I know he, he's had some tears in those meetings from those meetings before. So it's I've just heard. About, yeah, it's about taking it in stride and just, and just correcting those things and really focusing on your game. So I think play by play announcing is a lot like freestyle rapping. It's just with, it coming straight off the top of your head with statistics, with what's going on in the play, because everything's happening right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's happening so quickly uh, in a lot of circumstances. So, well, and, and I feel like we've given in past episodes, we, we've only we only always talk about the guy because of what he does and the people that I've interviewed. What are some of the other department members like that, that you guys are involved with? Oh, we had Bill Molson uh, when I was there. Uh, he, 
he was very instrumental in teaching me the basics of a camera, even stuff like simple as setting up a tripod and coiling cable. A coiling cable can make you a lot of money in the in the industry. Uh, it pays well, depending on the, the gigs you're doing. And mm -hmm. we had a chance to do that through Bill's connections. And Bill was really important with that. Uh, just uh, becoming utilities and, and becoming runners, just doing that for productions. It's a good way to make money. And it's a good way to, to meet people that know what they're doing uh, in the media industry. So um, I think that was someone that was really important. Doesn't always get as much love, I feel like, as he should, because he was also in charge of our, our truck productions. And and we made as a you want to talk about Waynesburg being like something we really accomplished. It was having our first production in an HD trailer, like out on HD. Mm -hmm. I thought that was something that was so big for for my group, my year and the years uh, that were behind me, because we had had some bad productions and there was some there was some valley lows because of our electronics not working, uh, stuff just not going correct. Uh, we always had the talent at director and producer and everywhere, but it was just a matter of that, all that coming together electronically. And when we brought in the HD stuff, it was, it was big. And, and Bill, he, he was like, he was just before that, but he still had a hand in it. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool to see someone that gave their whole life to that university and worked as hard as Bill Molson did for Waynesburg uh be on the back end of that so that was really special and he, he was someone that was important um melinda roter is someone that's really important she has some great connections uh she's uh really been around she has really gone to city to city she's been an anchor a reporter uh she's done both tv and radio mm -hmm. she's someone that's a good teacher and always has good things to say uh, positive reinforcement to give. And she was someone that meant a lot to me. She taught me editing, helped out with creativity and teaching us stand-ups. Uh, those, those people taught me how to work a camera mm -hmm. and, and just really excel at it. I mean, I'm, that's what I do today. I edit, I work with cameras, I work with reporters. We go out, uh, I get the chance to interview people quite a bit, just even ask them a quick four or five questions. It's, and those people help me build those skills. And they may not get as much love as Lanny, uh, but they're still people we love and we care about. And that made Waynesburg the experience in the comm department what it was. So what's the, we're going to take a little turn to um, the social aspect of Waynesburg. So you guys, as I've seen in the communication department, you guys have a, a, a very tight knit family. What's mm -hmm. the social, like when do you guys relieve the, the everyday stress? How is that aspect of? Oh, on the weekends, baby. We like to party down at Waynesburg. We, we definitely, there, there was a couple beers drank down at Waynesburg. I'll say that. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, we weren't allowed to live off campus when we were at Waynesburg, but there was ways around it. Now people are allowed to live off campus. COVID's really changed stuff with that. But when we, we weren't allowed to live off campus technically whenever I was there. And people still found a way there was parameters. You could say you were commuting and like, you could be like 50 miles within commuter range and you could live on campus. So that was, so that was a big thing. And uh, people had houses and we would go to parties and have a great time. And yeah, they, that's, that's where we bonded outside of it. And uh, I'll never forget those times uh, with my friends. Those were where we bonded outside of it. Uh, when, that came with the brotherhood just as much as the communications did. And you brought up COVID and, and you go through, you're, you're one of those, those, 
many that went through the COVID year and it was your graduation year, you're going into the workforce. Let's, how does that all play out for you? Because it happens in your second semester rolling, getting ready to roll and hit the ground. How does that play out for you? Well, I had some interesting classes, some high level classes to take care of whenever I had to move to online schooling. So that was definitely an adjustment. Um, I was supposed to give my internship presentation uh, in front of a packed auditorium. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a lot of fun. All my friends were going to be there. The professors that that took care of me and helped me throughout the way, they were going to be there. And instead, I did it over Zoom. I did it over Microsoft Teams. So uh, it was it was a loop. Uh, I got to wear shorts, though, to my internship presentation. Pretty cool. <laughs> what a Joey Galloway. Shout out Ohio Valley. But uh, he... Uh, yeah, it was tough. It was really tough coming home and having to be online and take the classes seriously and get motivated for them. Uh, it was really hard just not being able to see people and interact with people. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it was kind of a blessing being home for a little bit because I, I am five hours away from home. I don't always get to see my family. So I got kind of one last little hurrah before I left in for Steubenville in uh, April. So uh, that was something that it was kind of a blessing in disguise with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was hard taking classes online. It really was. And uh, it was hard leaving my friends. Uh, that was a really tough, tough week. I had to leave. I had to leave my girlfriend and get to see her for about a month and a half mm -hmm. uh, until I came to Steubenville in April. Uh, now I get to see her all the time. We're moving in here in September. So we're really excited. About that. Thank you. We're moving to Robinson. We're really excited about that. But uh, that was really tough. So uh, just the whole the whole aspect of uh, just COVID and tearing apart close knit relationships. We were together every day. Like I saw those people every day, uh, constantly. So mm -hmm. uh, that was really tough. Um, so then in April you moved to Steubenville and you start as a camera. You start working with the camera and you start actually, editing. Or it took me it took me a little bit to get there. Uh, I was a master control operator for a while. It was just the way. Things had to be for a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and I was I swept my was my foot in the door. Uh, I was really thankful to to Don Sloan and Tim McCoy for giving me the ability to start at my career at TOV and also the chance to move up. Um, yeah, they were very uh, adamant to me that I was going to be able to get back to being a videographer, and it was tough whenever I wasn't. Master control was the hardest job I ever had. I say that honestly. You don't go to college to be a master control operator. It's learning all new types of things, all new types of systems. Uh, you basically control television. That's what mm -hmm. that is. Uh, you're rolling brakes. You're controlling a lot of money. Uh, and I can say a lot of people that work back there lose the station some money from time to time. It happens. Mistakes happen. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like being a, you're you're kind of like a dog in that situation mm -hmm. in the sense that. Every now and then, like you're gonna go to the bathroom on the floor, but you gotta learn to go outside. And whenever you have to make enough mistakes to learn to go outside, mm -hmm. and that's the way being a master control operator is. So you're gonna make your mistakes back there, and it's tough. But having that bear on you, but at, then I, I got my chance to become a videographer, and that's something that was a, it's a huge blessing. I can't wait for next Friday because I get to go out and shoot a high school football game. And that was something I hadn't got to do in two years. And I'm, I'm really excited for it because I had been back in master control, rolling breaks for our game of the week that we do mm -hmm. at the station. 
and it's going to be a huge blessing just to be able to be out there have the fresh air. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot in August because I swear a high school football season gets earlier every year. It seems but like it. It's going to be a blessing. It's going to be one of those. Thank God that I am out here today because it's nothing like it in the fall, honestly. Well, so let's talk about you. You you hinted towards sometimes you get to go out, you get to interview some people, you get to you, you shoot with reporters. What is your typical day, like a, a typical day for you at nine? What is it? I'll take you through a Saturday because I think Saturdays are my most interesting day. Okay. Um, I work with Ed DiOrio. Shout out, Ed. So uh, he was on here previously. And uh, we, we work together. Uh, basically, he, he anchors the Saturday morning show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really important show that we have. Uh, if you ask a lot of the people that are in charge, it's, it's an important show in the ratings. So Ed does a great job every Saturday morning true professional but he's also got an incredible personality and incredible sense of humor and he's also very good with people and finding story ideas and he'll he'll compile story ideas that i get to go to while i'm on the desk so i get there early in the morning i cut the show i put stuff online in our iNews rundown and then ed goes out and he anchors the news and i go out and i get to interview some people and and that's a challenge you know because you have to really step out of your comfort zone and be the hardest part I always say like 90% of the battle is asking somebody to be interviewed. That is so hard to do. It's approaching somebody and being like, Hey, I'm with news nine. You want to talk to me for a second about this event you're doing or what's going on. And it's people, they're skeptical of television. Like they're skeptical of media and they have the right to be, Mm -hmm. but we're not there to hurt them. We're just there to get the information and give it to the viewer. At the end of the day, we're not the bad guy. We're just trying to get the message out to the public. And a lot of times it's pretty harmless stuff. Uh, It's not like we go out there trying to attack people. Uh, We're going to try to get information on maybe an event somebody's running. That's a lot of Saturdays in the summer. Like you're Mm -hmm. going to events that, that people are trying to raise money or they're just trying to get awareness out for a good cause. And we're not trying to attack those people. No. And that's where we get a bad rep sometimes. But I go out and I ask those people questions. I compile my stuff. I shoot my B-roll and I bring it back to the station and and we write it and then we we put it together. So that's like a typical Saturday. I do that. Sometimes I drive a lot. There's been Saturdays I've driven over three hours across the Ohio Valley, just back and forth, just going to get stories because Ed, he finds the stories. He's, he's the mm-hmm. plug. So uh, whenever he sends me out, he'll text me addresses and say, these are the people you need to talk to and we'll go get them. So that's an exciting day for me. Some days I just end up cutting the show and it's mm-hmm. not as much of a challenge, but you know, you need days like that. Sometimes you need slower days. It's okay to take away from the busyness, but the weekends are often like Saturday is a good day because those are days you feel really accomplished. You get that adrenaline rush that I having to go out and actually talk to somebody and, and get something that's going to be newsworthy. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a real adrenaline rush, but sometimes during the week it's, we go to council meetings, but it's a lot of editing and just doing the same stuff over and over again. Repetition is so important in learning stuff and being good in this business. And when you get repetition, you can become good at something. I've seen so many reporters just at, at nine, they've, they've really elevated their game to the next level just because they got to do the same thing over and over again. They got to try to like take those risks and, and make mistakes. And mm-hmm. that's important. It's because imp- nobody's perfect. And it takes time to learn everything. So I got a follow-up question. 
what is the most outrageous? Because I got Ed's. I got Ed's the naked guy breaking into breaking into people's homes. And he happened to ask the one guy that was home for that story. What is your craziest or most outlandish call that you've been on where you're there and, and something, either something wild happened or it just sticks out at you? Oh, this is tough. Uh, you're always going to see interesting characters in Steubenville. Uh, just people that'll, they just say outlandish things. Sometimes they don't understand why they're being interviewed. Uh, I remember I went to a pool one time and this lady, she was sweet as can be, but she wanted to be on the news and like, I needed some, I needed some sound. So I'm like, Hey, let's, let's try this. And she started talking about like Trump tower and everything. And, and just like some wacky stuff. And I was like, what does this have to do with the swimming pool opening back up? Like <laughs> nothing. And yeah, people would just say stuff like that. I, that's an instance I could think of. Uh, yeah, some people just don't understand the purpose of it. I think it's cool that we get to interview some some pretty like big people in the community, though. We have unlimited access to a lot of these people. And mm -hmm. and at the end of it all, I think you realize like they're just regular human beings, just like you and me. And that it's hard to not to be in those shoes, to be in the shoes of a person that that's like that. And I can understand why they would almost be uh, afraid of like talking to us or or being associated with us because it's it is like people are are taking what you're saying and they're trying to get a good story out of it a story that's going to get clicks and yeah yeah and, and sometimes those people do get clicks i'll tell you one one thing that is nuts now that i think about it steubenville council like they, they have some pretty nuts moments people get fired up in those meetings and and they pack the house i've had to actually leave those and give up my seat to allow everybody to be able to sit in there and uh, we get some people that they get fired up and they're, oh, they're yeah, passionate yeah. about their community. Uh, I had a lady the other week pull uh, a Will Smith almost. She said, like, you know how Will Smith, like when he slapped Chris Rock, he said, keep my wife's name out your mouth. She said that to like a council person, essentially, because there was some beef between her and like her name. We didn't air any of that because <laughs> like that's going to encourage people to come out and like act like that, which is. It's no. a place to order. You can't be doing that. But yeah. she she literally said like that line. She said, keep keep my name out your mouth. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is the Oscars right here. <laughs> but no, that you get some crazy people. Uh, there's, there's people that are passionate mm -hmm. and there's also people that are crazy. I think there's a difference between the two, but sometimes the line's very thin. <laughs> so... You said you said at the beginning that you you have a passion for sports talk. We have some. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of questions I just want to throw around to you here as as we wrap up the show. Um, sure. First, the N the NIL, the mm -hmm. these, the name, image, and licensing. Um, how do you feel that has affected college sports? And are we really supposed to sit here and act like we didn't know Division One players were already getting money? Now they just don't have to worry about losing their Heisman. I feel like. Yeah, players been getting paid always. You know, you might as well just like do it out in the open. Uh, it's even the game for some people. Uh, you notice how all these big name coaches in the NCAA get fired up about it, like Nick Saban getting fired up about it. Yep. When Texas yep. A&M gets a couple big name recruits. It's scary to some of the big coaches. And I think it evens the playing field level uh, the, a little bit. So 
Well, uh, they've even gone after Dion at Jackson State because they're claiming. Yeah. I think the claim was well, they paid took a, guy a big million recruit. dollars. And mm-hmm. Dion said, I don't even make a million dollars, let alone. Well, so, it ruined. It's ruined. I know for Pitt fans, Pitt's a team I watch consistently. I have a lot of friends that root for him. I know Jordan Addison going to USC was something that is just so tough. But, you know, you're young. Like, you're a 21-year-old man being offered $3 million. And what happens if you, God forbid, he gets hurt and he doesn't make it to the league? At least now there's a chance for these kids. He's going to fall back on it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a good situation. These are talented people. Some of them make it from really terrible situations. And Mm -hmm. they are finding ways to get paid. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Find ways to get paid. So if a school is allowed to offer that to them and can change their life and their family's life. Absolutely. That's great. Now I will say in the, like the devil's advocate for that. I still think it ruins the tradition of it a little bit. Uh, Not that the NFL and like NBA were already doing that. I mean, people be sitting out bowl games now all the time in the NCAA. So um, yeah, it takes away from the tradition a little bit. Uh, people don't stay as long at school. I mean, you get so many of these freshmen in, in basketball that they, they drop out of school. Day the season's over, they drop out of school. They're, they're gone. They're going to the NBA. They're a lottery pick. And how can you blame them? But that's, that's all I got to say is how can you blame them? Like, it's, it's the best way to say it. I mean, you really can't. If you got a chance to go play the game that you love, and make money doing it, you don't necessarily belong in a classroom anymore because you're not going to be focused in that classroom. Yeah, I think it's it's a distraction. And, I mean, so many of these athletes, they have so much pressure, especially at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. so much pressure and so much on their mental health. Uh, the least we could worry about them is get, getting a few extra bucks. Like, that's the least we could do. Like, it's just, like, not worry about it. And then I also got to ask you, so the Backyard Brawl's back this year. Mm-hmm. I believe they already announced it, and I, I don't remember how to pronounce the, the new stadium, so I'm going to call it Heinz Field because <laughs> Accuracy or whatever. Yeah, whatever that is, I, I'm going to call it. today. <laughs> I crossed the Fort Pitt Bridge. I saw it today. So They got the new sign. I saw it. It's all covered up. Yes. And it has the new. I just call it the AC. I just call it the AC. I like that. Oh, is that Maybe the, it'll catch on. We could do that. I get. An, I can get an icy light at the AC. That that would work. Bingo. Icy mango all around. Let's do it. Um, uh, but so my last question, more or less, is the for the backyard brawl. <laughs> as a guy that watches pit games, is it good for Pitt that you're bringing WVU back into the mix? Clearly sold out the stadium, which I think has been a struggle for them over the years um what does this do for both of the teams because it's a rivalry that is is pretty deep but it's been away for a while now i just think it enhances a program that's on the rise the Pitt panthers are a team to be reckoned with i think now and i think they've had some good teams in the past Mm -hmm. it's a matter of winning those games that are the most winnable Uh, i think that i think they lose a couple games every year that you're like, man, you should have had that one. That's a team that's that's unranked or it's in a, a weak conference. like, And it's just a matter of cleaning those games up. 
Last year they did that, and look what mm-hmm. happened. Uh, I mean, they had they always have an incredible defense. The defensive line, it's it's it is what it is. Like it speaks for itself every year. Uh, the players that they produce that go to the draft, it, it speaks for itself every year, especially on that defensive line. Well, you yeah, there's a, there's a guy, the greatest defender of all time. Yeah, <laughs> there's a guy there. I'm not ready to give him the seat yet. We can't give him the seat yet. We there's a guy from Pittsburgh that I and there's a guy from the New York Giants that I'm still gonna say they're they're all three. They're all in that title now. There's no denying Aaron Donald is one of the three greatest defensive players of all time on the from a pass rushing standpoint. Oh, I'd say Lawrence Taylor. Aaron Donald and Reggie White, whatever order. I think those are the three best. No, Joe Green. You're just you're just gonna leave. Oh, Joe. I think Joe Joe is Joe's the most impact. I think he's up there. He's top five. I'm not sure what what number I give him, but he's top five for sure. All right. Well, before we get into this, because I think we could do a whole show on this this right yeah. here. Um, I want to say thank you once again for stopping by. Uh, thank you guys for stopping by to watch with us. If you're just joining us for whatever reason, go back to the beginning of the episode because I'm about to give you where you can find everything. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and wisdom. Um, the only thing you have to change is the Instagram. It's dingo underscore talk instead of dingo talk. If you type dingo talk in. You'll find a bunch of prairie dogs from Australia. Uh, it's not me. Uh, you can give them some love, though, too. Uh, it's, it's a lot of pictures of dogs. Um, Sam, thank you. This has been Sam Hickson, videographer from WTOV <laughs> Channel 9 in Steubenville, uh, Mannheim Township to Waynesburg to Steubenville. Uh, yes, thank sir. you very much. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m., Chuckleheads.